a mishmash of Thanksgiving-based conspiracies, maybe? And is Donald Trump a time traveler? The evidence may surprise you today on Dead Rabbit, today on the Thanksgiving episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. It is the Thanksgiving special of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm actually recording this at 5 in the morning the day before Thanksgiving. I can't sleep. My ear woke me up. Plus, I got an email from a listener named Shakira Shakira (laughs) cracking a joke. And the email woke me up. I had the alert on my phone. But Shakira Shakira, who has given us great stories in the past, has also given me some great resources for an upcoming story. So despite the fact that your email woke me up, thank you for the information. But that's neither here nor there. So it is our Thanksgiving episode now. I was bemoaning the fact that there weren't any Thanksgiving stories or like there was there's Thanksgiving is is the middle child of the winter holidays. We have Halloween, we have Christmas. And Thanksgiving kind of gets the short shift. There's no shrift. There's no like Thanksgiving songs, there's really no Thanksgiving movies. I guess like plane trains and automobiles might be. That might take place during Christmas though, I'm not for sure. But I was like, there has to be some Thanksgiving conspiracies out there. Now, I did find a story about a Thanksgiving ghost about a young woman. This It was so bizarre. This woman, it's like she killed herself over love. And then her ghost is haunting this hotel. And then I read a little bit more of the article. And they're like, she was married, but she was having an affair. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. So that story. And anyways, the ghost just floated down the hallway. Like, those aren't really compelling ghost stories. And then I was like, well, maybe there are some good murders. <laughs> We're true crime podcast. Maybe there's some good murders on Thanksgiving. Come on, give me a horrible tragedy for my episode. And I looked and there was a couple family slaughtered. But surprise, surprise, most family slaughter stories take place during Christmas. And there was one interesting story on Thanksgiving where there was this guy, his house kept getting burglarized. And he was like, I'm tired of my house getting broken into. So he, this doesn't deserve a whole segment, but it's definitely worth talking about for a a moment or two. So there was this guy, and it's super vague, but it's in the show notes. So there was this guy, it was Thanksgiving. This is like in the 90s, I think. I should have been more prepared for this segment, but he's sitting in his basement. And he got tired of his house getting broken into all the time. And these two teenage people who had been breaking into his house came in. And one of them started walking into the basement, and he shot him with his rifle, and the body tumbles down the stairs, and he finished him off. And then at that point, the burglar's cohort slash cousin, a young woman, came to the top of the stairs, and the homeowner shot her too, and she tumbled down the stairs, and then he put the gun underneath her chin, blew her brains out. Now, this is notable for two reasons. One, the entire thing was recorded, because his house was getting burglarized the, you know, for a long time. He had cameras everywhere. He had audio recording, video recording. So they, the police were able to watch from the moment the people were outside the house to the point where he was shooting them. And because it was recording the whole time, they had video footage and audio footage of him kind of muttering to himself. He waited in the basement all day long. It was like six hours. He was just in the basement. He knew they were going to try to break in. And so he argued that he had the right to shoot them because they were in his house. The castle doctrine is a thing in a lot of states in America. You can defend your home. The police argued that he was lying in wait. He was down there for too long with his rifles ready to go, which is different 
and the fact that he was well and the fact that he was kind of muttering in the darkness like practicing what he was going to say afterwards and the fact that he finished him off like he shot him and then he like as they were laying on the ground he shot him more times that's thanksgiving related because he did it on thanksgiving and he didn't call the police till the next day he goes i didn't want to ruin your thanksgiving I wanted you guys to have a good meal. He was eventually found guilty of two counts. I think it was first degree because he was lying in wait, which is a special circumstance. He got life in prison for that. But yeah, that even that was that I kind of stumbled across that. I was expecting more family massacres. There were a few. I'm glad I'm disappointed that that didn't happen. But there were a few. Nothing notable though. Okay, so I found a couple of tidbits of Thanksgiving trivia that you can share with your family. Okay, so. Here's some here's some Thanksgiving based interesting facts and not like how much a turkey weighs when it dies or stupid stuff like that. But so we know the traditional story of Thanksgiving was the pilgrims were like, oh, I don't have nothing to eat. And then the Native Americans showed up and was like, here's some food. And they ate and they had a good time. And then there was like other stuff, you know, like people started slaughtering each other afterwards, the original family massacre. But you had a long period of time where that was just kind of a. Nice story to tell. The idea of actually, like, Thanksgiving being a holiday didn't really pop up until, like, the mid-1800s. There was an author named Sarah Joseph Buell Hale. We'll just call her Mrs. Hale. Anyway, so, or we'll just call her Sarah, because I like that name. So Sarah wanted to really, like, she thought Thanksgiving needed to be this time where people get together and celebrate family. And she was an author, and she would write scenes in her books where everyone's like, isn't Thanksgiving great? And the holiday didn't even exist, but she was putting it into her books, and it was like, people eating all this food, having a great time, and readers were like, oh, that would be really awesome if this was real. <laughs> she was the equivalent of, it'd be the equivalent of watching stars and being like, man, I wish I had a lightsaber, but she did that with Thanksgiving. So she was really pushing for Thanksgiving to be this holiday. Now, during the Civil War, Lincoln was thinking, you know what, this actually might be a good way to bring the people together. Like, both sides, if we had this time where people were like, let's appreciate what we have, and let's... And everybody knew that Sarah was doing this big, so Lincoln didn't just, like, come up with this out of the blue, but people were talking that this could be a good moment for people to just take thanks for what they have. You know, it was a national tragedy, everyone's dying, all sorts of stuff. And so Sarah wrote Lincoln a letter saying, I think Thanksgiving would be a great idea. Like, we could use this to help bridge the gap between the North and the South. She was just, that's all she cared about was getting Thanksgiving made. Well, anyway, so Lincoln, before he even got that letter, thought, you know what, we need to have this national day that brings the country together. And this was Abraham Lincoln's version of Thanksgiving. This is what he had in mind for a day of giving thanks. He wanted it to be a day, this is in his words, a day of public humiliation, prayer, and fasting. So you would basically, you wouldn't eat. It's the opposite of Thanksgiving. You wouldn't eat, and you would publicly humiliate yourself. And you would, it would start with the people acknowledging the supreme government of God and bowing in humble submission to his chastisements. They were then to publicly confess and deplore their sins and transgressions and beg for forgiveness. I don't see that holiday ever really taking any that that wouldn't work i don't want to know your public sins man because people are weird i don't want to i mean if obviously if a friend came to me and said hey listen i'm going through some trouble that's fine but i don't want to like 
I don't want to be walking on the street and seeing people publicly humiliate themselves. And actually, that's interesting. Why do you want people to publicly humiliate themselves and publicly confess their sins? Because really, it's it's kind of the same thing. Because people are going to confess stuff that is quite humiliating. That's why they kept it secret in the first place. Could you... Uh, Jesus, can you imagine the town... Like, we have town... Everyone comes out into the town for Halloween, and everyone comes out into town for Christmas. I don't want to walk down the street while people are being like, Oh, I'm so bad. I ate all that food. Oh, I'm so bad. I cheated on my wife. Please, God. That would be horrifying. But that was Abraham Lincoln's vision for the original Thanksgiving. So while you're eating that turkey, or doing whatever you do on Thanksgiving, it's probably eating turkey, imagine, imagine, it could be far worse if Abraham Lincoln got his way. Oh, and, fun note, I found this out too. Abraham Lincoln was the first president to pardon a turkey. This is conspiracy. Abraham Lincoln was the first president to pardon a turkey. So... So, and then nobody else, part, no other president pardoned the turkey until John F. Kennedy. No joke, no joke. John F. Kennedy, first president since Lincoln to pardon a turkey. Three days later, he was shot in the head. Ugh. Okay, but one more Thanksgiving-related tidbit. I found this absolutely hilarious. So Thanksgiving always kind of gets... Brushed under the rug. If this was a part of Thanksgiving today, it would be the most popular holiday on the planet. So, so, what? <laughs> okay, so on Thanksgiving Day, they had this thing basically called Ragamuffin Day. So what you would do, this was in New York. This is in New York. But you would get people in New York would get frying pans. Let me stop laughing here. They Because this is very serious. This is a very, very serious topic. People in New York on Thanksgiving Day, they would take their frying pans and they would throw pennies in the frying pan and heat them up. Make them really, really hot, right? People were poor back then. So if you saw a penny on the ground, you'd pick it up. Especially a <laughs> Especially children. Because pennies are worth more back then. A child sees a penny on the ground, you pick it up, you have good luck. Isn't that what they say? It's it's money. Kids love money. So they would take the, the they'd take the frying pan and heat up the pennies. They'd then they'd call them red pennies. They'd throw them onto the street. They would throw them out their window and they'd rain down on the street. <laughs> and kids would pick them up. Like you would literally watch. Kids would dress up for Ragamuffin Day. It was part of the Thanksgiving Day. The kids would walk down the street in their costumes. You would see them coming, and you'd be like, hurry up, Martha, hurry up. She's like, I'm trying, Eddie, I'm trying to get them hotter. And then as the kids were coming closer, you throw the pennies out the window. Now, I don't know why the kids didn't catch on after the third or fourth year, that when pennies are falling down from window, they're probably red hot. But anyways, um, (laughs) the kids would reach down, pick them up, (laughs) horribly burn their hands. (sighs) Why don't we do stuff like that anymore? Wouldn't that be... I mean, yeah, I get it. Everyone would get sued and little kids with burnt hands. But, you know, you'd get those calluses. It would be good for working in the mines or in the smelting pits back then. So, Red Hot Penny Day. Ragamuffin Day. Ragamuffin Day. We should bring that back. I just found that so... Okay. Kids got horribly hurt. It's still kind of funny. They actually didn't get horribly hurt. You blister your finger. I mean, unless I guess you picked it up, put it in your pocket, and you were in gasoline in your pants. But that's it. That's really all I could find that was conspiracy-related for Thanksgiving. 
but it's a couple little facts you can tell your relatives. Flip your nephew a penny. Just be like, <laughs> Uncle, why are you wearing those oven mitts and, and have that bag of pennies? You're like, you'll see. You'll see. Now, I do want to say this. One of the main things that people have a problem with when they get together for Thanksgiving is people talk politics. So people come, your family's coming from all over the country. They're all in different geographical areas. You travel there. They're going to have different political view than you. You guys live in different areas. You guys have different education. You guys consume different levels of media, so on and so forth. And of course, you know, it's been, what, two years since the Trump election? So there's going to be a lot of that still. People are still talking Trump, Trump. Now, depending on where you're at, one of your relatives is going to show up and be like, Trump, oh my God, he's a fascist. He's the next Hitler, blah, 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 blah. And you're just going to try to roll your eyes. Or... They're going to show up and be like, MAGA, yes, build a wall, lock her up. And you're just going to be like, uh, you're going to roll your eyes, depending on where you're at in the political scale. But I have an antidote for wherever you're at there. That whenever your relative is talking about Trump, pro or against, you can look him in the eye and say, did you know Donald Trump is a time traveler? Make sure to tell him you listen to it on Dead Rabbit Radio, you know, get get the word out. But you'll be able to look at that person and go, did you know that there is actually possible proof that Donald Trump is a time traveler and then just sit back and they're going to look at you and they're going to say teach me what you know teach me teach me these things okay so let's get into the this was really bizarre now it's funny so I got an email from a listener a couple days ago and they asked me if I had ever looked into this before and it was from Andrew Andrew emailed me and I said this was originally the first episode of the podcast I before I knew what type of format I was going to do I did a test run of the show and it was is Donald Trump a time traveler and it was funny because then I had completely forgotten about it because it technically I had covered it like in my mind it was a story that I'd already done I recorded a whole like 10 minute segment I think it's lost to time now but then I went on and did episode one so I kind of had covered it in my mind. He brought it back to my attention. So you're thinking, Jason, is Donald, what, what possible proof do you have that Donald Trump is a time traveler? My first answer to that would be like, what proof do I need? I mean, he's defied all odds, but there is proof. Or a series of coincidences that seem very, very odd. So let's go back. Let's visit the city of New York. It's November. A highly unpopular outsider candidate wins the presidency of the United States. And the city's on fire. Not literally, but with people uh, rioting. The entire east side is in a state of uproar. Police officers are moving through the street, warning people to stay off the streets as these riots go on. Mobs of vast sizes are organizing under the lead of anarchists and socialists. And they threaten to plunder and despoil the houses of the rich who have wronged and oppressed them for so many years. The Fifth Avenue Hotel will be the first to feel the fury of the mob. Would the troops be in time to save it? Now that's not my opinion. That's not from a news report. That is from a book that was published in 1900 called The Last President. The book, The Last President, is the third in a series of books about a little boy named Baron Trump. There was an author back in the 1800s named Ingersoll Lockwood. He wrote a lot of children's books, but these three books have come to attention recently. The first book was The Travels and Adventures of Little Baron Trump and His Wonderful Dog, Bolger. Oh, little puppy. 
1893, he wrote the uh, sequel, Baron Trump's Marvelous Underground Journey. So these were basically like Jules Verne type stories, Alice in Wonderland type stories. And then the third book was 1900, or The Last President was the name of that book. So Baron Trump is this little boy. So uh, Quint, we're going to go, don't worry, this gets even weirder. The character of Baron Trump, in the book, his name is like William Trump. Baron is his title. And I guess I should say, in case you don't know, Donald Trump's son is named Baron Trump. Donald Trump, that is the name of, in real life, Donald Trump's son. And in the book, the character is named Baron Trump. I guess I should have said that. I Not everybody knows the name of Donald Trump's family, but yeah. So that's, in the 1800s, there was a book series called, about a kid named Baron Trump. Today, Donald Trump has a real kid named Baron Trump. And you're like, maybe he read the book. Maybe he just named his kid after the book. Eh, that's fair. It's, it's far more reasonable than what we're going to get into. But This character, Baron Trump, lives with the Trump family. They live on Fifth Avenue in New York City in Trump Castle. Donald Trump in real life originally lived in Fifth Avenue in Trump Tower. Baron Trump has a buddy, a mystical guy named Don Fum. Now, Don is like a signatory. It's like a sir. He's he's a Spaniard, so it's not like his name's Donald. There's this mystic guy named Don Fum who helps open these portals for Baron Trump and his dog, Bulger, to go on these adventures no joke, he opens these portals and leads them to Russia. <laughs> okay, again, just coincidence, coincidence, coincidence. Okay, so in, in, so in real life, Baron Trump does not have a dog named Bulger. They actually didn't even have a dog until Trump got elected president. They did get a dog, too, when they moved to the White House. And Baron Trump loves this dog. The dog's name is Patton, like General Patton. Now, this is a bit of a stretch. But again, it's just odd. General Patton was a general during World War II, and he was instrumental in one of the greatest Allied victories of World War II, Battle of the Bulge. Bulge? Bulger? Now, to be fair, before you guys shut off the podcast, I didn't make that connection. I didn't make that connection. I read it on a website. So don't blame me for that ridiculousness. And you're going to say, Jason, is that all you're going to do? Is you're going to read us coincidences between a children's book series and Donald Trump? And I'm not. Because that is honestly not even the weird stuff. Now we're going to get weird. This theory first came to my attention before I even heard about the kids' books. This theory that Donald Trump is a time traveler has predated his, his election. It was back in like the summer of 2016, maybe even a little bit earlier, was when this theory started popping up. And there's some, again, some weird stuff behind it. Nikolai, Nikola? I just call him Nikolai. Nikolai Tesla is a famous inventor for inventing weird stuff. He was a contemporary of, I believe it was Edison. Tesla was always working like he was working on free energy. He was working on wireless energy so nothing would have to be plugged in. He was working on remote control. He like invented a remote control boat. And I mean, we're talking like way back in the day. He died like in 43 and he had a long career. So we're talking like 1910s, 1920s, 30s. He was working on all this stuff. During World War II, he was talking about inventing a death ray, a thing that could just blow stuff up. So he was always working on all this crazy stuff, and there's been a ton. He's like um, the Tesla coil, you know, the, the electrical coil thing. Very, very fringe, and connected to things like the Philadelphia experiment that made the boat disappear. Just a lot of fringe science. The guy definitely was ahead of his time, and he wasn't a crackpot. Not all of his theories panned out, but he definitely knew his stuff. But he ends up dying, 
and the government really wanted his research. So they had this group back then called the Office of Alien Property. So if you died in America, but you weren't an American citizen, these guys would go take your stuff. They went in, they took all of his notes, all of his notes. To this day, we don't we don't even have access to a lot of the stuff that they took. There's a lot of his research that we know we know is missing because it was mentioned in other places, but we have no record of him. Office of Alien Property then takes all of his... They don't understand it. They're like, this is just high-level math, high-level science. We don't get this. Let's go to MIT. They can read this nerd stuff. So they give it to a guy at MIT named John Trump, Donald Trump's uncle. Donald Trump's uncle, John. Donald Trump's uncle, John, now has access to some of the most fringe scientific theories of the time. And honestly, probably even in our time. We have nothing even close approaching wireless energy. He said, John Trump said, ah, there's nothing in these documents. Like, there's some, he didn't say that. John Trump basically said, there's a lot of great things in these documents, but, you know, it's, a lot of it's fringe stuff. I'm paraphrasing, but. But the question is this. This guy who was just outside the box, 100 years ahead of his time or more as a scientist, dies, all of the stuff that he came up with, but he didn't have the means to do, gets given to this other guy. He goes through it, takes out a couple pages, turns it over to the government, says, yeah, I mean, here's what it means, but it's a bunch of stuff. And like I said, we know documents are missing from Tesla's work. John Trump's favorite, I guess it goes without saying, I don't know why I'm pausing like this. John Trump loved his nephew Donald. So here's the theory. This is where the theory started. That John Trump discovered the secret of time travel through Tesla's work and then gave those documents to his nephew, Donald. Donald then uses those documents to build a time machine and go into the future and into the past. So the books were inspired by his adventures or possibly even this. It gets weird when we talk about time travel or even possibly that in the future, his son will go back in time and the books are inspired by the life of the actual Baron Trump. Could be very likely. Or maybe Baron Trump goes back in time and writes them himself. Oh my god. Time travel. But anyway, so let's get back to Donald Trump. So this is the theory that came out during the election. Donald Trump has access to this time machine. And and again, this theory popped up before the books were even on anyone's radars. The theory is... that Now, the, the this is where the theory splits. Because there's a couple different ideas of what happens. I'll tell you what. If I buy into this theory that Donald Trump is a time traveler... This is what I think happened. Donald Trump goes into the future. Everything's awesome. He uses his knowledge of the future to come back in time and make a bunch of money. But there's one thing that happens in our timeline that didn't happen when he first visited the future. And that was 9-11. Donald Trump lost a lot of friends in the attacks on 9-11. And that's when the playboy mindset had to kind of flip for him. Because he saw what the world could be. And this event happened that he didn't foresee, and he lost a lot of people because of it. So it started to kind of change his mindset. Now you're thinking, okay, we have that aspect of it. Now you're thinking, okay, Donald Trump, fine, built the time machine, goes to the future, 9-11, da-da-da-da-da, does all that stuff. Now what? Well, like I said, it gets weirder. Pence, Vice President Pence, is also a time traveler. Did you know that? Make sure to tell your relatives that, too. Not only is he also a time traveler, He's not from our timeline. He's from the future. He's from a future where everybody... Li- <laughs> I'm not making... The- okay, when I say I'm not making this up, I hope you know that there's people who believe this. I'm I'm not sold on this idea, but the photographic evidence is a little weird. Mike Pence comes from a future 
where everybody looks like Mike Pence. That's what people are going to look like in the future. Now, I will say this. Mike Pence, he, he's a big dude. Like, I saw a picture of him. He is a, like a yoked up, or he's just a broad-shouldered guy. But anyway, so I don't know what that has to do with anything. So Mike Pence, in the future, everyone looks like Mike Pence. That's what humans are going to look like. And he's like from far in the future. He traveled back with Donald Trump to say, okay, to avoid to avoid a terrible future, I have to become president. But they aren't going to vote for me because I'm a big old weirdo-looking tank dude. So Donald Trump, you run for president. Use your knowledge of the future so you'll know what other people are going to do. And then I'll be your vice president. And then when you leave, I'll take over. And we'll have this utopian world where everyone looks like Mike Pence. And so, again, this is a, this is a legit theory people believe. Donald Trump goes, okay, great. So Mike Pence, his time machine is better than Donald Trump's time machine because it was actually built in the future. So Mike Pence can actually send, like he can go back, say, five minutes to talk to himself five minutes before and send that Mike Pence back while Mike Pence still exists in the future. It's this weird causality loop. So there's multiple Mike Pence's. Everyone looks like Mike Pence in the future, but also there's multiple Mike Pence's in our timeline. And it's the same Mike Pence. And for whatever reason, Tim Kaine's wife is a Mike Pence. Tim Kaine's wife. Tim Kaine was Hillary Clinton's vice presidential candidate. Tim Kaine's wife is a Mike Pence. Now... They do look an awful lot alike. They really do. It's super bizarre. Now, again, I was reading this. I was reading this conspiracy theory before the election, and people were like, "There's no way Trump is going to lose. There's absolutely no way he's going to lose because he's from the future." Okay, the Mike Pence, the planet of Mike Pence's, whatever. The Baron Trump book. That's weird coincidences and things like that. But I got two more pieces of info for you. One. The day that Donald Trump won the Illinois primary during the election, lightning struck Trump Tower. Was that a moment where he was going to correct the time stream where he didn't win Illinois? Probably not. He actually kind of had the nomination sewed up by the time he won Illinois. But it is an interesting coincidence. However, Donald Trump famously said about his daughter Ivanka, if she wasn't my daughter, I'd be dating her. Well, one theory is that in an alternate timeline, Ivanka was born to another man and another woman. (laughs) And they were dating. But because Donald Trump has been going back and forth so much in time, he ended up marrying the mother of Ivanka. Now it's his daughter. So now he can't date her. And you know what's so funny? I'm going to close the episode out like this. Because I have really no other way to wrap this up. I've complained about other conspiracies in the past, like World War II was fake. I'm like, this is total nonsense. Nuclear bombs or whatever. Nuclear bombs don't exist. Yeah, whatever. So there are certain conspiracies that I view as when I cover them, I'm almost discouraged from researching more conspiracy theories because I look at at how misinformed some people can be to really think World War II never happened. This conspiracy fills me with a childlike joy. I just find it so amusing. And I think it's amusing because, one, it's a conspiracy theory that's fairly lighthearted. Like, again, love them or hate them, it's an entertaining theory. It doesn't have to involve Holocaust not happening. It doesn't have to involve 
oh, you know, 9-11 was an inside job. It's not like this horrible, there's, it doesn't have this huge death toll. A lot of the conspiracies are fairly, like, dark. This one's kind of lovey-dovey and cute, in a way. It's a conspiracy theory that we're basically living through right now, because again, if he's a time traveler, it's going on. I have to admit, I read this conspiracy theory, like I said, back in 2016. I can't look at Mike Pence without thinking there's a planet of them somewhere in our near future. I think it's just a fairly fun one. And again, the next time someone starts talking about politics and you'd rather not just be bothered, you'd rather just do something else. Just turn around, look him in the eyes and say, did you know Donald Trump is a time traveler? And then say nothing. And to make it even funnier, when they go, what did you say? Just turn back around. (laughs) Just don't acknowledge them. So we did it. Thanksgiving episode. There we go. Hope I gave you some good topics to talk about over your Thanksgiving meal. Everyone have fun. Enjoy everything that you're doing, whether you're with your friends and your family, whether you're just hanging out by yourself, which is what I'm doing, whether you're doing stuff online, whatever. Just have fun for the day. Be safe. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Our Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys, and have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.